0: I think it's really important that people start out playing safe. So, we want to. The first one? <laughs> <laughs> we want
1: was to start with.
0: Obviously, <laughs> it's going to be. The girls are people. still wearing their clothing, unfortunately. A fantasy of mine is like a gay thing. That's just hot to me.
1: This week, uh, we have a Tara topic. We're going to talk about a tar being. Tara topic. <laughs> it's a Tara topic. <laughs> okay, so, bitches. Love you. Wow. And our game's saucy.
0: Tari gets am Tara got with
1: Welcome to Sex Interrupted with Tara and James. I am James and I'm Tara and we are your sexy swinging lifestyle hosts for today. We host our weekly radio show to empower you to explore your sexuality and learn more about non-traditional relationships.
0: Opening up our relationship has shattered everything we thought that a normal relationship should be. Maneuvering our way through non-monogamy has transformed our view on sex, sexuality, and what we can create together.
1: (laughs) She avoids saying relationship one more time. Because you
0: made fun of me for saying it three times. (laughs)
1: Because it is three three times, but anyways.
0: We need to rewrite it.
1: (laughs) We produce a show every week for your listening, listening pleasure, and our sponsors make this all possible. We truly appreciate their generosity and everything they do to support us. If you're interested in sponsoring our show or being on our show, contact us at sex.uninterrupted@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If you aren't looking for ad space in our show, you can support us by becoming a Patreon member. Just visit patreon.com slash and choose a membership tier that works for you. You'll get access to our behind-the-scenes travel photos, a chance to join our monthly live smoke show, and much more. Visit patreon.com slash to sign up now.
0: And if you want to connect with us after the show, get social with us. You can find us on Instagram at sex.uninterrupted and Twitter at SXUninterrupted. You can also look us up on Facebook by searching Sex Uninterrupted. And the smoke show.
1: Woo. So what we are smoking today, which actually kind of has a little connotation of who we actually brought yes. on. So we are smoking today granddaddy purple (laughs) GDP is a famous indica cross between purple urkel GDP yeah GDP. well granddaddy purple no I get it (laughs) (laughs) so it's a cross between purple urkel and big bud this California staple inherits a complex grape and berry aroma from its purple urkel parent while big bud passes on its oversized compact bud structure GDP flowers bloom in shapes of deep purple a con contrastive backdrop for its snow-like dusting of white crystal resin. Wow, that was a mouthful.
0: That is a mouthful. (laughs) Pun
1: intended. Uh, Its potent effects are clearly detectable in both mind and body, delivering a fusion of cerebral euphoria and physical relaxation. While your thoughts may float into a dreamy buzz, (laughs) your body is more likely to find itself fixed in one spot for the duration of GDP's effects. So sitting right here recording this show is perfect.
0: Heavy indica.
1: Yeah, it's a heavy indica, and it's typically used for combating pain, stress, insomnia, appetite loss, and muscle
0: spasms. So we'll get the munchies, yay. So halfway through, if we
1: have to take a break, we're going to take a break.
0: And this week, we are excited to bring on to our show the two amazing people behind sex because, I almost said sex uninterrupted, (laughs) they are two of the most passionate people when it comes to trauma healing and reclaiming your sexuality
1: these two have a way of looking at relationships that not many people can really understand. They find themselves in this lifestyle as well. And it make, and they are two people that I think that are really good at looking at a relationship and being able to find out the different ways that you can, you know, enter into this lifestyle as well as correct your relationship.
0: Correct.
1: Not correct, but help, help, I guess, amplify, amplify or enlighten your relationship.
0: And are we doing the contest? Uh,
1: yes. Yes, contest we are. So there. we're
0: going to tell our listeners at the end of the show, head to com slash contest and you can enter to win a Throws of Passion waterproof blanket or a womanizer.
1: Or a bunch of toys. Fun stuff. All right. So on our show today, we have invited the two amazing people behind Sex Because... These amazing people have degrees in psychology, clinical mental health, and have over 25 years of direct care clinical experiences as psychotherapists. These two are true passionate. Oh, sorry. One more. One more time. These two are true clinical professions with a passion for life and each other that only equally matched by their humorous, lighthearted demeanor and wit. As keynote speakers, they are an entertaining and informative twosome who are as comfortable on the dance floor as they are on the stage. Their vast experience in the fields of PTSD, sexual trauma, as well as intimacy and relationship therapy allow for an in-depth teaching and practical direction. These two are extremely busy people, and we are so happy they took the time out of their busy schedules to chat with us today. It is my honor and my duty to introduce Arian and Charlie to the show.
0: Hello.
2: I really want to clap for myself right now. <laughs> you probably <laughs> should. You, yes,
3: you should, yeah. You guys
0: are
2: amazing.
3: <laughs>
2: that was great. Yeah, thank you. Who are you talking about? Uh, uh,
1: sex okay. uninterrupted. No, sex because. Right? Sorry, I'm trying to figure this out. I'm trying to get this all wrapped up.
2: Great. Hey guys, it's great to see y'all. It really is.
0: Yes, thank y'all for having us. Yeah, yeah, finally, you're in front of us again.
1: Again. It was so funny. So a little background story about how we, like, we had contacted... Erin um, and Charlie uh, a while ago, before we had actually gone down to Young Swingers Week in the March event, and we had contacted them, had some chats with them, whatever. But we never met them in real life. And then when we got down to Young Swingers Week. We were sitting there by the bar at the in the lobby there, and oh I was like, god. Oh my god, there's the guy! There's the guy! And it's not hard to miss Charlie. Let me tell you, if you guys know who <laughs> Charlie is, it's not hard to miss a guy with tattoos all the way up to around his neck and all the way down his sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> that matches White's, my. You. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah, that's right. Hey, Lance, yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. So, as I can say, we met them in real life, finally, and now we get to have them on our show. So, thank you guys
2: for taking the time out of your day and joining us today. Man, it is a privilege. We really, really do appreciate it.
3: Yeah, we were uh, equally as excited to finally meet you guys, too.
2: Yeah, the way you guys control the stage, amazing. We, really we, enjoyed, dating. we enjoyed the seminars. We enjoyed you talking about consent. You guys know we're a fan of that. We took a lot of pictures. We felt like you, your fan fanboys.
0: <laughs> That's okay. <laughs>
2: Wait a second! I haven't seen those photos yet. <laughs> oh, I posted them. You remember that? And Terry even said, "I didn't even know you took that picture." I felt like a creeper. <laughs> would you get that? I felt like a creeper. Yeah. But <laughs> everyone was
3: loud.
2: Yeah, they were. No worries. That was about the only time of the day. It was breakfast. Yeah, but, much. Yeah, we don't. And,
0: and dinner for some reason. It's when yeah, we're For eating. some
2: reason, yeah. couldn't understand that. <laughs> but enjoyed it. Thank you guys for coming to Jamaica. And we're gonna see you guys again in October, I guess, too, huh? Yes, we will. So yes. excited. So if you guys
1: do want to actually meet Charlie Neryans, so you can just go to Young Swingers Week because they're gonna be at every single one from now on. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um. But after my beautiful intro, <laughs> yes, I just complimented
2: myself. <laughs> Should we give you one too? We want to. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. Did I miss anything? Not a thing. I mean, well, I think that. uh, I know you guys were, you were talking about us as clinicians, but the, the one thing that I think we enjoy more than anything is like, when we go to places like you, where we meet you, met you guys in Jamaica, we're able to be just a couple that enjoys each other. And mm-hmm. you two were the same thing. And it was nice to join with people that really care about each other, really love each other and really, I don't know, stand behind what they say. So mm-hmm. it was, it was nice to just kind of be that couple that kind of loves each other like you two. So thank mm-hmm. y'all for that. All right. So. Okay, can, can we stop
1: pumping each other's tires here? Oh, just, I'm <laughs> serious. I'm feeling the love right now. We're also drinking
2: this morning. So smoking, we're drinking. Better. we can't smoke what we do.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. That's well,
2: right. We, we were correct. smoking the granddaddy.
0: Yeah, purple. I heard
2: that. So what's the Urkel thing? You said it was appropriate for today. And I felt like that was a reference to me when you said Urkel.
1: No, it wasn't purple. It was all about the granddaddy. But
0: that's part of the...
2: Daddy. daddy.
1: That's Drink the daddy
0: it. of the plant.
2: But then you said something white, and I thought you were talking about Arian, so I don't know. <laughs> 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 but I knew you guys were Canadian, and so... Okay. All but. right, so if you guys don't know, uh, Charlie and Arian are a mixed-race couple. We are. hmm Yeah. She, she didn't know I was black for years, though. She didn't realize that. No, she found it out a couple of years ago. Good explanation.
0: Surprise! Really? Oh. was shocked.
1: So tell me a little bit about your, like, what relationship do you find yourselves in?
2: Who?
0: Hmm. How would you exp- describe your relationship? How would you
2: explain it? I'll let you go.
3: How, uh,. That's, you, I don't know. I mean, it's it sucks. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, the
2: first inclination I had, if I was listening to this <laughs> radio show and someone said, how would you, ask me, I how would you say, describe this damn thing? Sucks ass.
3: I would, uh, I would say we've worked really hard in our relationship to be completely open, honest, and be each other's best friend and truly appreciate each person for who they are individually so that we don't have to be the same person.
2: This feels like the best definition ever. <laughs> She's right about that. Uh, she allowed me to be the person I want to be. The one thing I appreciate about Arian is that I can be me. So uh, past relationships, I wasn't able to be myself. I felt like I couldn't uh, because I had to, you know, when you, you date someone, you kind of put on your best self, and then two or three years down the road, you kind of put on the self you think they want you to be.
0: Yeah, uh, totally.
2: That we decided not to do together. Mm-hmm. So what we would do is every couple of months, we'd meet together, and we'd say, hey, look, what are you not telling me? We mm-hmm. want to discuss Everything about attractions, everything about uh, uh, personal goals, things that we felt like we could do together, and also things that we felt like we could do apart. So uh, that kept, kept an honest communication going on between us.
0: It's very it vulnerable, fun. too. It really is. Yeah.
2: I'm glad you said that because that's part of that that The one thing that we notice in relationships is that's the first part to go, the vulnerability.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Well, that's that's kind of how we were, too, when we started out because we weren't um, we weren't in a relationship, and so it's like almost like we didn't have anything to lose per se, and so we were able to be very, very honest and more vulnerable too because we weren't afraid of losing each other.
1: Well, yeah, that's because we started as friends with benefits, uh, yeah. and we yeah. opened up the lines of communication early, and we've gone down that path, and we worked. We worked really. Fucking hard to try to like you know get to where we are now and the, mm-hmm. it was like it took a lot of communication and so do you guys find yourself in are you guys in the lifestyle
2: yeah we would say good what you want to do, a variation of it we like the kink lifestyle and we like cnm consensual non-monogamy yeah. you explain it better than sometimes i do
3: with this uh well, well we are definitely more dom sub mm-hmm. uh and with that we have uh you know we also We we mingle with then consensual non monogamy.
2: She always says we prey on people that are swingers. (laughs) No, no. No, I'm just kidding. That was a joke, and she just gave me a look.
0: Uh, I saw the look. The look,
2: huh? No. No. and she's right. The, the, the crazy thing about the power exchange dynamic between both of us is that we didn't anticipate we'd ever be in that in a relationship. She's mm-hmm. probably the strongest woman I've ever met in my life. And coming from a history of sexual abuse all the way to working her way through college and being uh, literally, when I met her, uh, she had no vulnerabilities. She was not going to let anybody in. And she, she decided that she was, uh, she achieved all these goals on her own and she was going to keep it that way. Uh, mm-hmm. Funny story I say often is that she She had one dress when she got her bachelor's and she had another dress when she got her master's and she said the next dress she was buying is when she got her PhD because she didn't want to be viewed as someone that was vulnerable or what? An object. An object. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: So we were able to build something off of that and the kink world kind of stepped into it Mm -hmm. in that place.
0: Interesting. So the kink world almost helped you open yourself up or explore yourself more? I would say it was, extremely healing Mm -hmm.
3: uh and i i don't know if i would say it's the kink world i would say it's the kink relationship that we have Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it requires so much like vulnerability like you had said tara and trust Mm -hmm. which i mean it's and then you're putting yourselves you're putting yourself in situations that you wouldn't normally so you're pushing your limits as well Uh, so you step outside outside the bounds of what's comfortable which is not something
0: you typically do as a trauma survivor it? Yes, that's a good point actually. I never yeah. really thought of that. Oh, I just had light. like a light bulb go off. <laughs> <laughs> when
2: you, think of someone submissive, you don't think of them as someone that's uh, really in power, but truthfully, uh, as a dominant, I work for her. Um, she has set some parameters that I have to, uh, to be obedient to. Because if I am not obedient to those parameters, then the scene is over. We've broken our agreement. Our contract is done. And there's no conversation. If you ever want to see Arian in a, in, in a place where there's no conversation, she's pretty adamant that there's no more talking. We're done. So yeah. within those parameters, we're able to build a relationship. And I just saw your face. You know that? have
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah we've been, we've
1: been that yeah. we've been down that path. We've been down that I need you to close the door and not stop talking. And then I'll start talking on the other side of the wall and she'll go. That's okay. not fair. It's
2: not fucking fair.
0: <laughs> I'm not even in the room. <laughs> go to the car and yell if you need to. <laughs> Don't <And> that, project.
2: <laughs> that's something that Ariel will do. I mean, she does make some big, as we've grown in this lifestyle, the box has gotten bigger and bigger, but I have had to learn to communicate differently in some ways. And then eventually, mm-hmm. was, uh, eventually she trusted me with more and more. And I did the same, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that's true. But she is the, when building trust, when it comes to a dom-sub relationship, the submissive is the focal point to start because you have to build that trust.
0: Really? Absolutely. Yeah. You know. no, I get that. No,
1: totally understand that. And the reason why I, we were smoking the granddaddy is because, Arian, what is your name for Charlie?
4: Daddy. There
3: you go. See, I love it.
1: (laughs) That's where it came
2: into it. Nothing to do with white and purple, but you know, it's funny. She calls me that all the time and guys will know you guys can always tell when she posts because sometimes she tries to pull a daddy out because you know, you're doing Instagram and you're trying to appeal to the masses, but uh, people say, does she really call you that? I'm like, no, she calls me that all the time. Even at my parents' house, she'll call me daddy, which gets really confusing. <laughs> <laughs> this is my dad's house. so <laughs> I, can, I can only imagine.
1: I
0: love that you guys are that open with your family about it. It's very admi- ad- admiral- admirable. 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 Yes.
2: Yeah. 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 And even with, yeah, it, it's definitely something that opens the doors for us too as well. We don't have to be anything other than what we are.
0: Exactly. That's why we told our parents too.
2: Yeah.
1: Now I'm talking about family. Now I'm talking about family. You guys have a rather rather enlarged
2: family.
0: <laughs> enlarged. Enlarged. <laughs> <laughs> <In>
2: <laughs> yeah, they're big. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we started off with that, didn't we? That was our first that was how we got into media. I mean, we started doing a program on blending.
3: Yeah, initially like we uh, cuz we we do that as well. We help families blend. Uh, when they're coming together after remarrying and mm-hmm. bringing children into, the, you know, as a family.
2: Yeah, we, we have 10 kids together.
3: And we, cause we understand <sighs> the challenges that come with that.
2: And there's yeah. a lot, there's a lot, especially when you, again, you had the trauma piece, you had the new relationship piece, you had the past relationship piece, and then kids who have their own specific identities, too, which are, can't be minimized. I mean, it's these, true. They're all grown up. They, all of our kids are, are, are raised in the same house, and they're all different. Yeah. I mean, every single one of them is different. So we had to really, really embrace the differences, but also the struggles that come with blending.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's,
2: crazy. that's crazy.
1: No, and I, and it, as a ten kids, I I knew a family that actually had twelve kids, two adopted. So I can understand that the this the the food bills are probably pretty high um. and. The time, the time you guys have for one another, let alone for your practice, let alone for this and yeah. that, it's, you guys are, and like I said in the intro, you guys are super busy people. You guys are always taking appointments. You guys do a clinical approach that's also online, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
3: We do. We provide therapy online. And uh, it's been really effective.
2: It really has been.
3: Yeah. We were
2: kind of shocked that it was going to be, it was as effective as it was. Working in a clinic for so many years and working with the fire department, the police departments, couples that were coming in, uh, combat veterans, we thought, we kind of scoffed at the online thing at first, because we Mm. were in the same room with people.
3: We were a little Mm. skeptical of the possible barrier. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because we're not not actually face-to-face. Yeah. But it, it hasn't really impacted it.
2: Yeah, we got about 2,500 clients a year that we saw, in some respect, we had about 70 therapists that worked for us for a long time, and we were firm believers. They would actually go into the client's home. They would see them in the facility, and we made sure that they saw them in the client's home at least 80% of the time. Wow. So you want to take that clinical barrier off. Well, then you introduce internet counseling, and we had to find a new way to do that, too, so we could really attach to the client the same way. So we Which, took that kind of cutting-edge way, and we decided to do it a different way, too, online.
0: And really, you're kind of almost approaching it in a more personal way because somebody can be sitting in their living room having a conversation with you, doesn't have to, you know, go through the stress because sometimes driving can be really stressful, finding parking can be really stressful. By the time they've come to see you, they've reached all these like different stress and well, triggers, I know you don't like that word, which we'll discuss, but but triggers, and they're not in the, the headspace that they desired to be in when they booked the appointment, right? Like, they're distracted. Yeah. And
3: that's the thing, in a, in a, when, they go, when people go to see a therapist in their office, that's an artificial setting.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: So when they leave, they go back to their homes, you know, they, they, they feel good in that setting, but they go back to their environment. And they try to apply it, but it's not working.
2: It's not working. Yeah. The environment is typically where the, where the stress lives, right? And mm. Even if they're not together, we're able to see one person here at the home and one person at work. They can do the, the sessions together, but we also make it, we, it's mandatory. Once we meet with a couple, it's mandatory that they each see us individually. Mm-hmm. So it's our, it's our own take on couples therapy because we're a couple doing it. And, uh, it allows us to see them individually. I'll see the guy, or you know, we don't do it gender specific, mm-hmm. but if, you know, we we, we also see same sex couples. We'll see one or the other, and you'll notice that the conversation changes when we're seeing them individually, especially when it comes to renegotiating something in the relationship.
3: With the understanding that there are no secrets, everything no secrets. is everything is in the open. Everything that's said in individual sessions will also be said in couple sessions.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: No, why do we struggle?s Because of that.
0: Yeah, and even like having. Um, even though you're having separate conversations with other people, like you said, everything's in the open, but being alone with you guys, they might have certain um, realizations or epiphanies, right? Like having that alone time with you guys or, or one of you guys, I, I'm assuming. Right, we'll
2: do it together. You're 100% right because yeah. we kind of detect what the couple needs. And one of the problems that you run into in a relationship is that sometimes you can have a couple's identity, but you forget that you have an individual identity yeah want to make sure that you remember to make a great couple's identity, you have to have a satisfied individual identity as well.
0: Yeah. I think that's one thing we sometimes struggle with because we're doing everything together as sex uninterrupted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we really have to take that step back sometimes. and like I'm like, hey, I have to go do my women's groups. You have to go play baseball. We're doing our separate things too, and that's really uh-huh. important.
1: Well, owning, owning yourself as an individual is just something that we always strive for is right. You know, we'll call it self-love. You know, how do you love somebody else if you can't learn to love yourself?
2: Mm-hmm. Right. What What you guys are doing is, is instrumental and in, uh, making sure that your relationship lasts a long time too, because even in media, all of us, we, we kind of become a we instead of an I. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Have to be a we Cause that's what people are looking for. They're looking for, exactly. the, you know, yeah. the unit. they love the unit. Mm-hmm. Well, in the midst of that unit to make it work, you, your eyes have to work too.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
2: Well,
1: thank you guys so much for this first segment. We're going to cut to a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to touch on the number one question that I'm guarantee you probably don't, don't get. share it. I'm not going to share it. It's the number one question <laughs> you guys yes, Of course, I'm going to tease them with it. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about the number one question we always get asked. And I'm pretty sure that they have a different response or the same one but we don't know. Anyway, stay tuned after break.
0: Sexy is back and we've got it going on all the time here on the sexy lifestyle network.
5: Lifestyle.com. Great sex starts now.
4: When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up. Lube Light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones. No more slippery midsection, unless you're into that. You can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner. Our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind. No matter what lube gets you vibing, it's compatible with Lube Light. Easier to turn on than your last partner. Guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. Also available on Amazon and SheVibe.
1: Welcome back to Sex Interrupted with Tara and James. I'm James.
4: I'm
0: Tara. Yes. <laughs>
1: Got her a little bit. <laughs> no, um, you didn't. Oh, whatever. Anyways, we always, we're always we trying to just joke around here on the show today, but actually we're going to talk about something serious now.
0: Is serious. this serious? It's
1: going to be serious. Talk. Oh, um, so the number one question that we always get asked, and it's something that we we've talked, we've touched on a little bit, but we haven't really gone into a real big depth.
0: Yeah, on into. social media, I think we've talked a little bit about this, but not on our show before.
1: No, I don't think so. And we actually wanted Charlie and Aaron's um, view on what their take is on. What we think is the probably one of the most popular questions, but one of the worst questions because it just doesn't fly for us. But the question is, and I think you probably already guessed it. How do I convince my significant other to get into the
0: lifestyle? Bum, bum, bum. Dum, 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 dum. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's so funny because I'll hear his face right now. Is exactly. exactly. it's like Charles' face. Just like, it's like...
0: <laughs> Just blank.
3: Uh, Well, I mean, one of the things that we say, I mean, that sounds like coercion, Mm -hmm. the whole convince word, Mm -hmm. and that's not something we want to do with anyone.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. Um, But you do want to have the conversation. But you do want to have the conversation. And when you have that conversation, you want to be open to hearing what your partner has to say as well, because it's not all about you. Yeah. So be ready for them to say what they enjoy as well.
2: And that's the problem with, with any kind of negotiation or relationship. Guys, remember that, that uh, a relationship is about contracts. When you get together, you just determine a contract. Someone says they're willing to give this. Someone says, I'm not willing to give this. You negotiate. What some couples are doing is they're trying to renegotiate the contract. And basic contract law says, hey, look, I have a couple of choices. One, I can renegotiate. Two, I can turn around and say no. I need the the other contract that we had before. Or three, I can say I want out of the contract completely. So what we try to do, get couples to do, is we try to put everything down in like a contract form and have both be honest about what they would like and unstart a negotiation. Because when you're introducing new sex or a new type of relationship to your relationship, you have to remember that there are going to be insecurities and things that naturally come. This mm-hmm. person dated someone or had a past before you. So, you for some of that type of stuff, insecurities, trauma, you know, betrayals. So you can't just come out and say, oh, so I'd like to do threesomes and hope that person doesn't react and then say they're a bad partner because they reacted in the way that you didn't want them to,
0: you know? And sometimes lack of education too. Um, You could say I'm interested in non-monogamy and what the partner might think is what she's seen in porn, right? And she doesn't realize what non-monogamy is, what the community is, what what it means to be a couple exploring this together. And so it's a very delicate subject to bring up. And I think choosing the words perfect, not perfectly, but choosing the right words to describe it and negotiate it is key. Yeah,
2: that's mm-hmm. real, yeah.
3: And, yeah. And I would say, like you just said, using I statements, mm-hmm. this is what I enjoy. This is what I fantasize about. It makes it more um, open and honest specifically about, you know, what I enjoy, not what you can do for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: The, the, that also keeps you from resenting the partner because maybe you're less than honest. You know, we hold a lot of that in our relationships. We go, I wish I could tell you this. So it, it's not your partner's fault that you can't communicate something. Okay, maybe you're worried about the response, but it's not their fault you can't communicate it. It's also not their fault you resent them for not communicating it. So we try to make sure that the couples say honestly what they feel. Um, and the, like you said, define it, Tara. Defining it, every, when I hear c it's going to be a completely different uh, definition than what you two think. Yeah, I, every I, couple's I'm different. Mm-hmm. Arian thought that meant for me when we talked about it. That would meant that uh, every girl that was at Walmart, and she did say Walmart, <laughs> you know where this started. But every girl that was there, uh, I was going to go after. Her. Yeah, jewelry section. This is what it was, and That's, that was our concern.
0: In my mind, it was a free for all. Yeah. Exactly. And that's Absolutely. most, that's most, most people, people. Exactly. Right? who don't know about consensual non-monogamy. They yeah. think it's a free for all and there's something wrong with my partner. I'm not giving them what they need. I'm not enough, blah, 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 blah. And then they think it's all about them. Right. When really it's about the needs of your partner too, when they're trying to talk to you about this stuff.
1: Well, I, I say this all the time. It's like, the fact of the matter is is that the, the relationship you have between you and your partner is the priority yeah. Everything else is a secondary. Everything else is a bonus, right? Yes. It, can, it, can, it can be better. It can make it better, but it can also make it worse. And, like, I think what we're all getting to a point is, is, like, there should be no convincing in this lifestyle to
2: really do anything. Not at all. Not at all. Not in your relationship in general. I mean, if there's, we always say if there's no abuse or no coercion, then it's your relationship. But you're talking mm-hmm. about one of the two things we say you, you shouldn't be able to do. Like, we are really in the exhibitionism. Okay, that's our lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Aaron will pump gas naked for me. If we find a place that doesn't have children that hasn't oh, we've got footage like crazy, you know. <laughs> I love it. it. That's part of her that's part of our cheap lifestyle. We've
3: had a lot of fun on road
2: trips. A lot of fun on road, we have a lot of truckers following us. Yeah. And if I had to <laughs> course, if I had to make her do something that maybe affected her in a negative way, then uh, then that's not fun because we often say there's a difference between uncomfortability and damage. Discomfort, because of discomfort and damage. And, damage. Mm-hmm. and discomfort is one thing. Oh, you're gonna be a little uncomfortable, oh, we're doing Dom sub, you're gonna be a little uncomfortable. But damage is an entirely different thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Really.
2: And I'm not trying to damage her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's, and that's. it goes back to the whole thing is, is like, it, like we talk about it as almost like a, and not necessarily a compromise, but like a communication breakdown of exactly what each individual of the party, whether it's between your relationship or even negotiating with talking with another couple, it all depends on breaking it down onto what each individual is technically looking for out of what they want, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Even in saying that, we play, we were, for, we are, and still are, the same room, everything. Mm-hmm. That's just who we are as people. That's mm-hmm. what we like about the lifestyle. We never convinced each other that, like, hey, let's go do this together. No, it was like, hey, I want to do this with you together. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to do it without you. And every time it ever comes up where I'm not with her, I'm like, well, I don't necessarily want to do it without you. That's the whole point of us doing
2: it together. Mm -hmm. Yes, and that's your flavor.
1: That's us too.
3: And, you know, with this question, I think like what you just discussed, discussing this is what I enjoy. This is what I don't want. So whenever you're you're introducing this into your relationship, it's important with that negotiation to say, this is what I fantasize about. This is what I might be willing to try one day. And this is a hell no for me. Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. Hard and soft (laughs) limits. We talk about those all the time. We have a video about it. Hard and soft limits. Yeah. Because we will run into couples from time to time. They'll even try to uh, infer that they're you're, you're insecure because you won't do the things that we do. And I'm sure you guys have heard that before.
0: Yeah. You know, when you Especially like playing alone. Oh, yeah. That's a big along. one.
2: You're supposed to, oh, my God, in 10 years, you'll be like us. No. I'm just more convinced. You know, it's been 10 years. Yeah. I'm more convinced. Thank You've you. Been I, six like, years uh, the same way.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So the you. And yeah. don't listen to other people because you don't know everything that's going on in their relationship. It may work for them. It may not. So well, and matter. that's the
1: thing. You don't know how long they've been in it. They don't know, you don't know long, how long, they, how quick they pro- progressed into playing alone. We've met, I've met couples that have like, you know what? We're, we started out playing apart because uh-huh. he couldn't see her with another man. That was just his psychological that's- game that he couldn't play with. Uh-huh. So they started out playing apart. part. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. And for
2: me, it's like, you know,
1: it that's, worked for that's, that's them. Impressive. It's because they
0: talked about it. Right? There you go. It
2: worked mm-hmm. for them. Yeah. It doesn't work for you too. It doesn't work for us. It's, 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 it's your own playing field, man.
0: Yeah. Um, so when we go back to that question, convincing the significant other, instead of convincing, what are some good, what's some good sexual cool. dialogue? Like some good tools to start that sexual dialogue? Are there like some good ways to start bringing it up? Um, I don't know. You guys got, you, you're nodding your head, so oh, yeah, I'm assuming not you in. got something good.
2: <laughs> Nonverbals, there. We're learning not to be therapists not.' <laughs> That's a great question. It really is.
3: I mean, like uh, we discussed earlier, just to start with fantasy talk. Yeah. Yeah. Incorporate that into your sexual repertoire. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, with that, you'll really get to know your partner and their sexual desires.
2: Yeah, and fantasy talk happens in your bed when you're both on the pillow and you're having sex and you're whispering into well, each other's ears. Well, like those
3: endorphins
2: are higher. You're saying some crazy <laughs> shit. Yeah. I want to see you in a plane on the top. with well, these people are watching us? You know, <laughs> it's the craziest stuff in the world. you never taken into consideration when the plane and the people watching, it's just all about you too. But at least it opens that, like you said, the dialogue. It really does. Yeah. That energy's there. And, and all of a sudden, afterwards, you can, and one thing we be careful with fantasy talk is don't hear something in fantasy talking and then turn around and tell your partner afterwards. I can't believe you said that.
3: Yeah. Let your partner
2: talk because they won't say it again.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah. They'll what be mean? scared. They'll be
2: mm-hmm. scared. And
3: if it is something that it is, it's not turning you on while you guys are having sex, it's okay to say, it's okay to say that. Hey, I'm not really feeling that. Can we talk about something else?
2: Exactly.
1: Versus well, attacking a, them
3: afterwards.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's almost like a shame and guilt thing.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. it's
1: like, and a, and a fearfulness of, uh, a fearfulness of having to say something and fearing their reaction. And that's, that's something that I've been talking about a lot lately is like you can't control how somebody's going to react when you say something to them, right? If you're going to bring something up, bring it up because it's something that you want to bring up. And if they have a negative reaction, that's their negative reaction. You can't control how they're going to take the information or, and even how you delivered it, how they even took it is the same way. That's usually not the case, right? Yeah. I'm a sarcastic ass sometimes <laughs> as Tara rolls her eyes at me. But, <laughs> but, but that's the thing. Some people take it as like I'm being serious and I'm like, oh, man, I'm like 95% not serious.
2: <laughs> One thing we like about you two, and I don't know if we have a time problem, is that you two do, you spend a lot of time talking about shame. You spend a lot of time not shaming each other mm-hmm. and also building. I love the fact that you, uh, James, you guys were taught, you talk about the things you've been through before. You mm-hmm. know, the sarcasm will make sense because it's a, it's a great thing in a relationship and I adds some humor, but it also it's a, it's a byproduct of going through things in your life. Yeah. Aaron and I had to learn to talk to each other too. We've, I learned that when she shut down, it wasn't necessarily about me. It was about some things she'd gone through when she was a child. And when I got overly excited, you learned it wasn't,
3: it wasn't about me. These yeah. are these are skills that we've developed. And I say skill because we had to create, develop these skills in order to protect ourselves from whatever we were going through. Yeah. So it's like we had to have, we needed to have that understanding so we didn't continue attacking each other for the way each other were responding.
2: Mm-hmm. It's like you don't do it like me. So you do it. And when it comes to sexual conversations, we'll want to talk the same, but we just don't because we didn't live the same lives.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's the same, yeah. Same thing with us. We would grew up totally different.
1: Different. Had different, different
0: experiences different and different
1: dynamics, different everything like Somehow
0: just, we found each other. Yeah, the world weird. is a funny place.
1: But thank God we found <laughs> each other when we did. Just holy fuck she would not have liked me when I was younger. Yeah. I didn't like me when I was younger, so it doesn't really matter. So
2: <laughs> <laughs> But but that's I mean, you guys can be vulnerable enough to admit that. I'm sure Ari and I we say that often with each other too. There's no way we would have been that way.
3: Heck yeah. I was. Know. I was judge and jury. All the time. Everything jury. was black and white. There's there no way we would have survived that.
2: And I was, uh, I'll stick around for a month. And that was me. Hmm. So these identifiers, you guys realize that about each other. You're meant to be.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, thanks. <laughs> coming, from, coming from you guys. That's just, oh,
0: How, much, how much uh,
1: I think we are actually have to wrap up this segment. So I'm pretty much just a general, I'm going to summarize this whole thing. Don't convince anybody to do anything. Talk about it. Discuss it. Uh, engage in all the conversations take the information from your significant other or people around you as what you what like take it as however you want but also learn that like the three c's of compassion that tara talks about is three
0: c's of communication communication clarity confidence compassion
1: And have all those things when you're talking to other people. And we're going to have to cut to another quick commercial break. I'm sorry. But, anyways, but when we come back, we are going to talk about sexual trauma and healing, which these two somewhat specialize in. So, when we get back, that's what we're going to talk about. So, stay tuned after a quick commercial break. You're listening to the Sexy Lifestyle Talk Radio Network.
4: Are you ready for your erotic journey? Join host Lexi Silver every week for SDC's Seek, Discover, Create, The Radio Show. Whether you're new at this journey or well-traveled on the sexual road, we'll help you find your way with guest experts and hot topics about sex, relationships, and your health. You can also connect with the communities of SDC.com for even more advice and discussion. Listen every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up. Lube Light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones. No more slippery midsection, unless you're into that. You can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner. Our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind. No matter what lube gets you vibing, it's compatible with Lube Light. Easier to turn on than your last partner, guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. Also available on Amazon and SheVibe.
5: Are you ready for clit-whispering healthy talk? Tune in to the Get Mine Healthy Pleasure Radio Show, founded and hosted by Dr. Mafé Peraza Godoy, and Dominique Koretzis. This program will answer all of your burning questions in a frank, casual, and uncensored manner. We'll tell you what we know and improve what you know. Turn the lights down, grab a hot cup of whatever, and join us every Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time for the Get Mine Healthy Pleasure Radio Show on the Sexy Lifestyle Network.
0: Welcome to Sex Uninterrupted with Tara and James. I'm Tara. And I'm James. And I didn't trick him on that one. So we just finished talking about how to help talk to your partner about sex, how to talk to them about lifestyle, how to open them up to things that you're fantasizing about. And now we're going to go into a totally different topic and discuss something that I'm, I'm pretty passionate about, something that's close to my heart. And this is sexual trauma and healing. I know that I'm not the only woman in the lifestyle or or a man who's experienced um, sexual trauma in their past. And so I think that this topic is something that really needs to have more discussion surrounding it, especially when we talk about it in the lifestyle, in non-monogamy, because sometimes a lot lot can come up out of this one and not just... um, for the person who's experienced the trauma, but for their significant other, for people that they bring into their play, into their bedroom. And it's, it really affects the community, I think, as a whole, too. It's a lot of emotions. It is. Well, a lot of emotions, a lot of feelings, a lot of everything, I think, going into this. So what would you guys say sexual trauma is?
1: Hmm. What is the um, clinical definition?
2: was a clinical definition <laughs> ish from your perspective from our perspective <laughs> uh, it would be lingering emotional or physiological it could be it could be psychological psychological symptoms uh, from a from sexual abuse from sex, sexual molestation which we all oh. consider it sexual abuse whether it be uh whether it be penetration mm-hmm. is involved penetration involved or not it, so
3: i mean Psychological trauma is terrifying in itself. No yes. matter the type of trauma you've endured, when you add the sexual component to it, it affects um, everything that trauma typically affects mm-hmm. as well as your sexual self. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: It's the way to compromise vulnerability in a person like no other.
3: Mm-hmm. That's
2: probably the best way to put it. One thing to remember about trauma is that it's neither neither long-term nor short-term memory. It's memory that's always available, meaning a uh, person dealt with sexual trauma can – uh, feel as though they forgot about the trauma, but then turn around and something like a door opening and it makes a certain sound and a certain smell will take them back to it like it happened 15 minutes ago. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, that's the problem with sexual trauma is it doesn't, getting over it, it, it it's just not possible. It's just yeah. not
0: and, and something we talked about offline before was these, we, we referred to them as triggers. Mm-hmm. And Charlie, you said that you didn't like the word triggers because that means that triggers go away. That's what we're insinuating. Yeah.
2: yeah. And, and it means that it, it's almost like, for me at least, when we used to teach about it, it seemed almost like it was, wasn't organic. Like, when I think of trigger, I think of something that's flipped. I don't think of something that's always there. You know what I mean? And, and trauma memory is just always in the background. You mm-hmm. can you can hope to deal with the symptoms, but it never goes away. There's no cure for PTSD. Okay, you can you can you can only get
3: you can better decrease, at dealing with it. Decrease the symptoms. Yes, but mm-hmm. it's something like we talk about. It, it's it's neurological scarring, so it's gonna be there forever. Yes, forever. dealing With, yeah, yeah, yes,
2: with, yeah. with someone that have sexual trauma, a sexual traumatic past, like my wife, like mm-hmm. myself, uh, it affects the way that you do business in relationships going forward. It really yeah. does. Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Well, it almost it almost makes you feel like you're going into every relationship with that sort of almost like a like a little crutch where you're you're having to constantly think about this specific thing when it pertains to every single other relationship that you have, whether it's even just like a like you know, a regular relationship or a friendship or even that sort of thing, because again, You don't know who the person, like the people, the person knows who the person that's actually assaulted them, but the other people around you don't necessarily know who that was. Like it could have been a family member. It could have been a friend. It could have been a family friend. It could have been anybody along those lines. so then there's a lot of different, like we say, triggers that would put you into a different, like kind of a mindset when you're even trying to deal with all this stuff.
0: And I think a lot of times too, um, sometimes your partner doesn't even know. Sometimes they may not know until it's a few years into the relationship. I didn't tell anybody about my sexual abuse until after the person who did it to me passed away. So I was five when it happened. And I was, I think, 19 when I finally told people. So I kept that by myself for me for that long. Yeah. All of the partners before that that I had. Obviously, didn't know, and any partner I had after that, it, it, I didn't open up right away, and especially if you're playing with other people too, this isn't something that you know play partner is going to open up with when you're discussing rules and boundaries too. Typically, that's something that they kind of keep to themselves.
2: Well, it goes back to the basic definition of shame. Shame is a failure to protect yourself, and also a failure to protect someone you care about that's close to you. Failure exactly. to protect yourself is the number one thing to think about. You feel a guilt and, you know, again, it's not it's shame. It's not guilt, but you feel a feeling that I should have done something more. And when you bring the family relationships into it, that's your major relationships in your life. Typically, Mm -hmm. Uh, when it comes to family, the one thing the family does uh, uh, is they try to protect each other. A lot of the times when you can talk to your family about sexual abuse, they may minimize it or try to fix it. They don't necessarily want to hear the story because they start feeling their own shame or in some ways, some families just don't care. It's so you, you, so learn, you, learn to, you learn to work in relationships at your earliest, at, 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 what, at eight years old, your earliest attachments teach you how to perform in relationships going forward. Mm-hmm. So we teach a lot about attachment theory because sexual trauma affects the way, affects the way that you attach to people later on.
3: It does. And it, it's, it's unfortunate because support is the largest predictor of recovery from sexual trauma. Mm-hmm. But if you don't tell anybody, you're not going to have any support. Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: and you can feel shame about that. Why didn't I tell someone? Yeah. I didn't give someone an opportunity. It becomes this vicious cycle that affects your relationships going forward.
0: I, I was going to say that. It, it is a cycle, and typically somebody who, who was abused, mm-hmm. who hasn't gone through the healing, who hasn't faced that, and, and I, I want to say up-level. It's a very spiritual way of saying it, but up-leveled from it, you'll experience it again. And, you know, that's something that happened to me, something that happened to my sister. The sec- cycles of abuse kept happening until we actually started to look at ourselves and, and heal those parts of ourselves because we were almost attracting that, that abuse again and again.
2: That's profound that you can realize that because yeah. that's a, a something we teach and we probably teach more than anything is that there are three elements when it comes to to shame, provocation, selection, distortion. You can provoke a relationship to be what you want it to be, and then it can damage you after abuse. You can select certain relationships that damage you because you know they're going to damage you the way that you're abused. Or you can distort good relationships and turn them into something that abuses abuse you because you need it to be that way. Oh that's goodness. what you want your relationships to be because that's what you see. You understand? Yes. That's what it is.
0: This is this is gold right here, people. Like, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> This is life-changing information.
2: Tara is
1: having an epiphany. No,
0: I, I know this. This is what I'm trying to tell people. And even in my spiritual slut program where mm-hmm. I focus on sexual abuse, this is what I, I say is you have that choice and
3: yeah.
0: you have the choice to to heal, to to get down to, to your roots and to say no more to this too. Like, but you have to take that stand and you have to take that first, that first jump of faith.
2: <laughs> yes, you do. The problem with that is that, and Ari and I say it often, is that you determine, you determine what you're worth and what type of relationships you like to have. If you're not healed, you pick relationships that fit you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really what you do. And
3: unfortunately, okay. our primary significant relationships early in life, they tell us what we're worth. They do. And that carries on as we get older. And until we learn our worth, we're not going to stand up for ourselves and and establish our boundaries because we don't feel worth it.
2: Not at all. You listen to your parents before you listen. You listen to your caregivers before you listen to anyone. They set your value. You have to go back and reset it as an adult. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Right. Which is kind of scary if you're exploring non-monogamy and you haven't figured out that yet. You could get yourself into some pretty um,
1: Hairy scenario. Well,
0: not safe for you, and almost to some point, probably non-consensual because you don't want to be there. It's just you're attracting these people, and you may not know how to say no. You're right.
3: Well, like we mentioned, we learn how to respond, right, from early childhood with our early relationships. Well, there are things we do in in scary situations that we carry on as adults, such mm-hmm. as fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. Mm-hmm on is relatively new but it's something that a lot of people do that have been sexually abused yeah because that's how they've learned to protect themselves instead of getting angry instead of running away instead of freezing they they learn they can control the situation by being nice yeah Mm
2: -hmm. i'll be sweet and caring and let you do what you want to do because maybe you won't do it very long Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, a, that's problematic. And we also also drawn in those relationships, we're drawn to relationships that allow us to communicate in that way too, as well. It's one of the reasons why abusers sometimes can be drawn to people that are Alex Steinick, emotionally numb. I mean, not abusers, but people that have been abused can draw that. Because until you're okay saying, hey, look, I was hurt by no fault of my own, you can't really heal the way you need to. When we talk on stage, we talk about our sexual abuse and people are like shocked, like you guys were doing. Mm-hmm. People are shocked. I'm like, I don't have any, why are you shocked? I don't have any shame about this anymore. So my story is my story. I don't just own it. I've forgiven myself for the parts of it that I need to. And I move on. Mm-hmm. You know?
1: well, you're learning, you're learning. And then there's a constant learning of who you are as a person. I think that it's an edu- educational thing where you're starting to learn who you are and what you like and what you don't like and how you're, how you're interacting within the environment that you're in. Um, you had mentioned something a little earlier that, you know, we, we all these things and it's almost like we talk about the lifestyle as being a deep programming of how you've been taught to think a specific way for a constant, like a, a long period of time. Like, you know, you, you get a wife, you are, from my perspective, you get a wife, you go to school,
0: white picket fence you do house, this, you have fence. your family,
1: you stay with that person for the rest of your life, blah, 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 Right. I always call the lifestyle a deprogramming of the mind and trying to figure out that you've been programmed to think this specific way. Now change that perspective and look at an outside world. And that's why you find a lot of people in this lifestyle specifically that have come from a background of one religion um, because they've been taught a specific way of thinking. And that's even goes to the point of this whole section, this section alone, it goes where you're experiencing sexual trauma. Most people that they don't tell anybody about it, they're not learning from anything, right? They're, no. You're teaching yourself
2: that this is okay. You've and that's that where vision. I think a lot of the problems lie. In. You've also got the adrenaline problem that comes with trauma. Glandularly, you're changed. You're changed. So there's a reason why when you go to certain events, you'll notice a lot of firefighters, a lot of nurses, a lot of people, a lot of combat veterans, a lot of the trauma victims is because... The combat veteran that maybe goes over, he or she goes over to war and uh, used to like to make love to their spouse really romantically that all of a sudden comes back and now all of a sudden they want to spank his or her ass. There's a reason why things have changed and the, your drone systems are higher. It's not just that we, we, we're really open and saying trauma co- affects the way we communicate and the way we build relationships, but well, we don't like to talk about our sex. And it does change your sex, too. And, so those are things you have to be careful
3: about. And it, you can be on one end of the spectrum or somewhere in the middle. But, you know, hyper and hypo sexuality. Yeah. Um, I want to have sex all the time or I don't want to have sex at all. Mm-hmm. Um, both have a commonality, meaning uh, they do not want intimate touch.
2: They do not want intimate touch. And so, intimacy becomes a conversation. Interesting. Intimacy is healing. Sex really is an act. Truly really is.
0: And I'm learning that because I was definitely a hypersexual individual, especially in my late teens and early 20s. And I didn't want that intimacy. I was like, no, just let's buck. And, yeah, just- and it's been, I went through a big deconstruction of who I am, of myself, of finding myself a big spiritual journey, I'd say, in the last five years mm-hmm. and going to tantra workshops and working through all of that. I've realized that I'm one of the most touchiest people ever and I love that intimacy and I, I need that. And it just, I, I didn't realize that before because it just, I, I didn't work through all that. I didn't do the healing that I needed. Sounds you know. like
3: you went from, uh, like went through that journey, you went from sex as a means of control to sex as enjoyment.
0: Yes, exactly. That's exactly what happened.
2: And rape doesn't show you how to enjoy sex. No. That's amazing. no different conversation but we yeah. we do that we do work with women that have sometimes had orgasms during sex during a rape that hate yeah. having orgasms like you guys see what i'm saying it becomes
1: yeah. so then there becomes like almost an oh, attachment yeah. to the
2: orgasm
1: being oh, yeah.
0: that and shame right there's yeah. even yeah. when i went for therapy you know with mine she was like well did you enjoy it i'm like well yeah actually yeah. like even though i was young like i didn't know what was going on and yeah. I held a lot of shame onto that. I didn't let a guy go down on me until what? How, how old would I have been? Mid twenties, three,
1: twenty-four. Right,
0: yeah. like because I I didn't want that um that that memory to come up, that trigger trigger to come up, and because I just didn't want to be touched intimately like that.
2: And that's the so hard. you know, and Arian and I talk often about this is that you start blaming yourself and you start conditioning yourself to behave a certain way because you say it was my fault. And going back to the CNM piece that you guys were talking about earlier, these are the problems that couples can run into when introducing the lifestyle or consensual non-monogamy to their relationship is because we want it to be simple. We want it to be, hey, we introduced this, but we're all individuals with individual needs with individual pasts. So it can't be a simple conversation, and that's what we try to help couples do: is realize it's not a simple conversation. Just like y'all, it's not.
3: And on a basic level, being uh, with your adrenaline, having eleva- elevated levels of adrenaline in your bloodstream, mm-hmm. and um, being like the Kuiper arousal, all of this going on, going to parties alone, going oh, to clubs where people are touching you and they're they're within close proximity, um, a lot of people just that are that are struggling with this, they would just want to. Run the hell out of the room. That's we me.
0: <laughs> to... yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm putting my hand yeah. up.
3: <laughs> oh, no.
0: Yes.
2: And it's going to continue to happen. You yeah. were, and I know maybe time-wise, but, but Tara, there was something that happened the night that Arian held your hand, and you guys went to the bar over at the other side of the beach at hito
5: mm-hmm. and
2: mm-hmm. she had a panic attack. Mm-hmm. She had, someone had touched her with... She said something about it. But those things, even when we are part of this, you know, we throw great parties and great events, but you still want to be conscious of what's going on with your body and make no apologies about it. There's nobody to apologize to whatsoever. Mm-hmm. She came back to me and hugged you. She, you were great because you just walked back. You guys were bebopping on night.
3: You're <laughs> so sweet. I said, I looked at you and I said, I know we're here to get drinks, but can we just leave? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you said, yeah. And we hightailed it out of there. And then I came back. To uh, daddy here and I said, uh, I said, Hey, this just happened. I'm having a little bit of a panic attack. I need to just take a breather.
0: And he said, Okay, whatever you need. Yeah. yeah. And that's that is why consent yeah. is I mean, so just about fucking that, so. important yeah. in this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. This is why we are huge advocates and preachers of consent is because yeah. it all boils down to sexual trauma and to one in three women experiencing some form of sexual abuse in that's, their lifetime. I
1: think it's like two in three women and one in three men.
0: Uh, the yeah. stats are ever changing. And,
2: You're right.
1: Yeah,
0: And it's, it, consent is everything because that's what makes us feel safe. And that's what makes us feel like we can be vulnerable. And that's what doesn't, um, what's the word that I always use that when it takes me out of something? Uh, shut shutdown. Yeah, it doesn't oh, yeah. trigger a shutdown in me because I just can shut down so quickly if somebody touches me without consent. It can be
2: one. And it can be, even be other things. Like even though you're in that situation, it wasn't necessarily about touch. It was just she dissociated. Something reminded her of something. Yeah. And you were great because I think the thing that people need to understand is if you're building lifestyle-related relationships, they're still relationships, which means you deserve to tell your story to someone. And if they can't handle hearing it, that's the best litmus test you have for friendships. Mm-hmm. If you can't hear my story and it bothers you, then get the hell away from me. We don't really need to waste our time here. We yeah. definitely don't need to do anything more.
0: Yeah. You know I mean? It
2: really is. That's well, it. Well,
1: that's when you're, when you're in those scenarios, too. It, again, it comes down to... Um, A lot of people, we always like to say, try to limit your expectations of where you are. But that's the thing is like, if you're going in there with a mindset that you're going to try to fuck everything that moves, the problem is, is that you're probably going to forget about some things that you probably should have asked first. That's like one of our golden rules is ask. I'll ask for goddamn everything. I, I don't couldn't give. Ask a, first. I couldn't give a shit whether or not, like if you don't think if you've already given me explicit consent, I still feel like I need to ask. It's just, it's one of those things for me is like, especially dating somebody who's been through sexual trauma. Why would you ever, ever want to put somebody in a position where they feel like they went back to where they were at that time when they were sexually abused? Like, why would you ever want to put somebody in that position?
2: Preach it, brother, but that's care, and that's caring enough of valuing the person that's next to you, and Tara has demanded that kind of value, and you've given it to you, and you've done the same thing, you know? So, it, we don't make apology, we don't make apologies for how we are, and we also don't... We don't want people to apologize for how they are. We just, sometimes it just doesn't work out. The King community is great because we're always talking about consent in the King community. There are contracts there. There's a, there's almost a religion when it comes to don't not touch this bird. Don't even shake the hand of someone that has a collar on. So it makes it, it's easier to go to events like that because Mm -hmm. no matter what someone's into, they're going to walk up to her and they're going to say, Hey, they're going to walk to me and say, Hey, is it okay if I shake her hand? Is it okay if I give her a side hug?
0: But what if somebody doesn't know that?
2: Uh, in the king community, uh, yeah. If somebody doesn't know it, the great thing about the king community is that, man, that's I get told pretty damn harsh.
3: Um, the
2: response is very harsh. Yeah, it can be.
3: Most people in the king community know that. There are people within, um, you know, the lifestyle consensual non-monogamy community that don't necessarily know that. But, yeah. When they don't know that, I just politely say, "Will you please ask my daddy?"
2: Yeah, and they, we can tell by the, uh, the term, by their face on how they do. I've had women come to her and grab her collar and say, I couldn't wear this or things like that. And I'll make the response, I she's she's pretty strong. And uh, I'll say, you're probably not strong enough to do it. You know, we leave it there. But you don't see that as much in the key community. But you're right, but she explains it very well. Arian has a set of things she says that are pretty great.
0: And, and this is what the lifestyle needs then, is more people who are willing to say, no you need to ask first before you do this to me and it it almost needs more people to stand up and say this is this is the ground rules just like the kink community has said and you, that's why i've done it a few times people have come up and grabbed me inappropriately or touched me without asking and i'm like um, okay, this is time for education.
2: And, and we've seen you do it.
0: <laughs> right? No fear. No fear at all. You
2: guys are both good at that.
0: You have an
1: Well, I've said, I've said this since day one. You do not know what you're doing wrong or what you do. What You you know what you're doing right because people give you praise for it. You never yes. know what you're doing wrong until you get your pee-pee smacked. Yes, I'll smack that go. pee-pee. And she'll yeah. smack the shit out of that
2: pee-pee. <laughs> Hey, and or that, vagina. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that point up. But that's the part that the lifestyle, sometimes it's not so much the men, but sometimes it can be women mm-hmm. and Aryans indicated that you women can come and I'm going to get you're bisexual. I want to kiss you.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Hey, that's an attraction thing and probably a comment for another show. But no, 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 but it's it goes to the same point
1: that I've I've said this since day one. Men, since the time that they could stand up to fucking pee, we have been programmed for so long and it goes, but this is a good programming is to ask for fucking everything, right? We have been told to ask for everything, ask for permission for this, ask for permission for that. Women on the other hand have been programmed for so long to answer the question, to be the ones Mm -hmm. answering the question, not asking them. So Mm -hmm. that's why I find that and, and to no fault of anybody's, but just sort of like a history sort of thing. but women are the worst culprits when it comes to consent
2: oh yeah right? I, 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 I was like, I've had women that have touched me uh, that you know it's one of the reasons why I love going to you you sometimes like going to Jamaica more than we like going to other places and not trying to vlog but really being honest is because I like the fact that I don't get you'll get grabbed and being a black guy in the lifestyle and be honest with you guys like most of the events I attend I'm not just a minority I'm the minority on the top of the minority of the minority there I can count how many African. So sometimes it can become. Uh, I've had people walk up to me many times and say, "My wife's never been with BBC." I'm like, what it's the hell? That? Thing. Like, it's a fetish. I'm like, no, I'm a person, I'm not a fetish. And yeah. uh, you know, I've got a submissive here, and I'm a dominant, and I'm more than that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you know, it's 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 interesting to see some of those things when it comes to consent.
3: The assumption is that he's always ready because he's the black guy, and they have a white wife. Yeah. yeah oh my god just whip your
1: big just whip your big dick out and fuck me god like come on oh
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: my great.
2: god they don't say that like slap him with it no I'm kidding <laughs> okay but it is one of those things where i love the fact that you guys were i mean we saw you at the event you were teaching this over and over again but i it was like a hallelujah for me it was a hallelujah for me as an african-american male at an event that was primarily you know a not African-American, and was filled with amazing people, filled with incredible people, to hear these peoples coming from Canada and all over the U.S. saying, hey, look, this is what we believe about consent, and this is what we believe about you. So that was healing for me, because my, my PTSD is based on a lot of uh, racism growing up in the South.
0: Mm-hmm. South, So
2: it was great. It was really good.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So it's been healing for me, too.
0: uh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Good. That's awesome. Everybody's healing. I everybody, like this. Everybody. Heal the world.
2: Heal the yeah. world. Something like Michael Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> well, not, a long, role. Role. not a good reference. Reference to
0: song.
2: We are the world.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh my God. That's like
1: my. So Jackson. glad we went there. Yeah, Thank I was gonna you. say we went Thank there. Thank you so much. I'm glad. We're not. Anyways, we're just gonna stop this right now. Anyways, all right. And that's, that's this segment. <laughs> no, I think we shared a lot of good stuff. I think actually, I think it's a lot of good for a lot of people because I think a lot of people who find themselves in this lifestyle have been gone through some stuff and it's great that they have now a big outlet like you guys um, to reach out to. So yeah. I, um, we recommend if you guys are going through anything, they do do online seminars. They do anything. Online so you guys, coaching. They, you can reach them at any time. Mm-hmm. Um, Yes, and we'll get to that in the next segment of how everybody can get a hold of you, but if you are looking for some some help with some stuff... Reach out to us, um, or reach out to them. We'll get you in touch with them. Blah 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 blah. I've put, I've sent guys your, anyways, I've sent people your way all the time. But we got to cut to a quick commercial break. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm rambling now. You
0: are um, rambling. You're rambling, man. I'm a rambling ram. Anyways, so
1: we're gonna cut to a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we are gonna cut to our IG questions that we receive from our followers about sex. Because stay tuned after the break.
5: Discover explore and celebrate your sexy right here on the Sexy Lifestyle Network Maximize your orgasms and just let go The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry, no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy Sexy playscape, While the Stay Dry Barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now.
4: When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up.
1: Welcome back to Sex Interrupted with Tara and James. This episode we have been discussing with the creators or the people behind sex because. Why? Because you can. I don't know. <laughs> that, that's, that's, a good, that's a great question to start off this segment is Why sex because? That is a good question.
3: Uh, we, okay, first of all, we knew we wanted to... When we have our when we have our clinics, where our reach is very limited, so we knew we wanted to expand our reach to people all over the world to promote sexual health um, and healthy relationships. And so then we thought about the name for a while. Yeah. And um, so you came up with Sex Because. I'm mm-hmm. like, why? Why is Sex Because? That was my question.
2: Yeah, we actually got an argument about it. We did. She liked the name. She goes, well, why? I was like, oh, shit, it's just a name. I mean, I don't like sex because.
3: (laughs) (laughs) He said he wanted to just put the word out there, sex. Yeah. Because it's something that we all do that no one wants to talk about. There we go.
2: Normalizing
1: the word sex almost. That's why we picked a sex word, too.
2: Well, yeah, yeah, well done. Because eventually we looked at loving because, and we have pride because, uh, that our daughter is running. But uh, sex because, we don't ever want to take the word out.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: See that word, and they get uncomfortable in the lyrics. So I know. Like yesterday, and I
1: get a feeling you guys like putting people in uncomfortable positions.
0: We do. <laughs> <laughs> it inspires
1: yeah.
2: me. We're paid for it.
1: <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like you guys well, are-
0: and it sucks with with the word sex. Like we, as businesses, we get like fucked over all the time. Yeah, like yes. there's some businesses we had to change our email because we couldn't have sex in our email, so we had to open yeah. up a new one. To email with them because it kept going to junk mail and stuff.
2: Yeah, it's it, yeah. it's been interesting for us with that, but we've never like y'all. We haven't let up. People yep. are starting to more and more to saying, and we're okay with it. Yeah, it's not just lifestyle people. Yeah.
0: Okay. Second question I have: um, Is porn a good way to start a sexual dialogue about something that you want to experience?
2: Smack that monkey. Uh, <laughs>
0: With your partner, I think that's what they mean—like watching it with your okay.
2: partner. Uh, look, to be honest, we have—we have, a, we have a, probably one of our best friends is one of the more popular adult film stars of all time. Okay. We we hang out with her and probably spend about three or four nights a month at her house. She's just a great friend. She's amazing. Um, porn is is a great tool we think in some ways, but like anything else, if you were to use it as, if you if if you don't use it in moderation, and of course it can replace what you have in your relationship. Is it great for learning sexual positions and things that you don't, and, and promoting ways to get aroused together? I think it's awesome.
3: I remember, uh, I was like, how, how do you have a threesome with a girl? how do do that? How do I do this?
2: We instantly went to it.
3: Instantly went to porn. I was like, let me let me research positions.
2: We actually wrote the positions down.
3: We did. Yeah. We,
2: we had a friend coming by, and we were like, hey, when she comes over, what needs and we wrote it down. So I think that porn is great for instructional purposes. It's going to depend on your relationship. Truly
1: yeah. Well, and it's also depending on how you use it, right? Like porn can yeah. be used in a negative light. We can, yeah. like things can be used for a negative aspect, right? Like the oh, thought yeah. process of thinking that sex is about the way that like the same way that porn is, <laughs> is the prop is a big, the big <laughs> problem. <Marking that. laughs>
2: uh, and you know, they'll say that Rachel says that often, Kevin says that we, yeah. we have a lot of friends in the adult industry, like we said, that tell you there's not, an orga- they're not orgasms happening on set guys. Okay. No that orgasms aren't happening on set, they are acting.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And we have a video with Rachel saying that. She's like, I'm an actress.
3: Her sex in real life is completely different than her sex on porn, like in porn.
0: Yeah. It's um, called a scene for a reason. Yeah, Yes. (laughs) I can only imagine
1: that, like, the same shit of just... Yeah.
2: Over and over and over again can get fucking old. That's why it's called talent. They're called talent for a reason because it takes talent to be able to do that. It's a job that you get paid for pretty well. Some people do.
0: You're acting. You're
2: acting. I like it.
0: I think it's a it's a good tool to use as well if you have a specific fantasy or desire that you really want to explore more. And let's say it's a gangbang. You yeah. could go through a, f- a few different gangbangs, find your favorite ones of kind of what you're looking for and send it to everybody involved and say, this is kind of what I'm looking for, for the energy from you guys, from me. This is what I'm willing to do, uh, mm-hmm. minus the anal or something like that. And... Go from there. I think it also gives a good starting point for what, for what you want to experience. I know anal's hard for me. Okay.
1: i was just sitting here looking at. This Aaron.
0: goes back to the sexual trauma. All right, <laughs> butt stuff is hard.
2: <laughs> you're gonna say anal's hard for you too
3: i no, I'm no. no. <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm,
1: looking at Arian, I'm looking at Arian's face over here. You guys can't see this, but I'm looking at Arian's face and she's like, No, not me. She's like, Give me that. <laughs> just stick it in my mind.
2: right here. I'm good. Yeah. But it can be good to uh, like
3: like you guys just mentioned, to open up a dialogue. I can't um, even hear anything
2: and, she's saying right now. Open <laughs> up a dialogue. <laughs> open up your, what? No, a dialogue.
3: Anal plug. No. <laughs> okay, no, open up the dialogue about um, not only the things specifically that are that look like it may be enjoyable or the things that are turning you on, but notice any uncomfortable feelings that you may have because those may relate to any insecurities you may have that you want to communicate that may yeah. be affecting your arousal
2: that is true that's true and don't and also be careful don't try to push yourself into making something arousing that's not
3: yep you don't, like, right. it. You don't
2: like it everybody likes the same stuff but it doesn't mean you can't try things from like that
3: yeah. right you know I mean?
0: like it it just hurts
2: yeah I imagine <laughs> 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 no, I'm <just> kidding. <laughs> you can make it hurt
0: <laughs>
1: all right oh my god okay next Instagram question we have here um This one actually came from uh, me. Oh, okay. Okay. um, Are most of the couples that you guys treat in the lifestyle? Hmm.
2: That would be yes now.
3: Right now, yes.
2: Right now. Uh, After our last few events, we've noticed that couples have come to us a lot with wanting to restructure their relationships or wanting to communicate. We've had a lot of couples that have come with things like, hey, we did a threesome last night. We don't know how to feel about this today.
3: Or Uh
2: we're doing something in a week. And they become long-term relationship clients because they end up wanting to talk about other things. We, just help, we help them communicate. Mm-hmm. But like most of them, most of them now are in the kink or consensual non-monogamy your Swinger Lifestyle.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Hmm. Awesome. I have another uh, kind of like a section B of this question. Um, <laughs> appendix B. Appendix B, <laughs> subsection C-4. Um, the uh, question I have is... Do oh God, I had it on the tip of my tongue. It was Did right you forget there. It? No, just give me one sec. No, it's in my head. It's in my head. Just give me one sec. Do most people come to you? Um, do most people come to you guys for relationship advice, whatever, come for counseling. Are they like just severely broken?
4: Hmm.
3: I, what do you mean by severely broken? Like in their relationship, like the relationship is damaged to a
0: point where we're on the brink of separation
1: do most people come to you guys just looking because their relationship is damaged
0: or do people need therapy because something bad is happening? No.
1: Oh. I'm referring to one of your guys' talks and I'll just, I'll answer the question for you guys. Cause you've already answered it. Yeah, yeah. You guys had said once that people that come to therapy are not all damaged. Right? Yeah. They're all looking for like a little tune-up, a little something else, mm-hmm. something, a different way of looking at something. Sorry, this came to me as I was watching one of their videos and prepping for this whole interview. Was I'll answer the question for them. They talk about how you, you, you are not necessarily damaged when you're th- seeking help. Right? It's not like you are at your worst of no, your worst. You're not at the lowest of your lows. These are, no. these are points of like helping you along the way of your journey, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Some of the most successful couples we've ever seen are clients of ours. Uh, because they have the sensibility enough to work on their relationship and not wait for something bad to happen. And uh-huh. uh, we've been therapists, therapists for years. We've seen therapists ourselves, and we've also treated therapists. Mm-hmm. Uh, the strongest people you know are going to be the ones that know tune-ups matter. Okay? They have to matter. You, you both have something to talk about, and if your ego doesn't allow you to admit that, then, yeah, your relationship will suffer. Your relationship satisfaction will suffer, too. So yeah, most of our clients that we see, they're just there for tune-ups. Every now and then we get the couple that says, hey, look, something happened, and this is that and we help them through that. And usually it's something pretty simple. They saw Mm -hmm. something, it's not damage, it's discomfort. But yeah, it's, guys, the best thing for your relationship is to invest in, really is. Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
0: I I agree. Um, This kind of goes into a question that I had and it was... um, (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no this one was um, i've seen two uh, i'm trying to like think of a better way to say it because they only have so much space to type and sometimes it cuts out some of it in the questions for ig so i think it's like more along the lines of they've seen two therapists already together and nothing has worked now I think he wants to ask, like, what are the next steps? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, what are the next steps? If you've seen people and nothing's working, and I don't know, my experience, I've had had to see a lot of different therapists. There's probably, like, eight.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I was about to say, uh, not every therapist is going to work for every person. Mm -hmm. Therapists take many different approaches, Mm -hmm. uh, because their their singular approach may not work. I mean, it's not going to work for everybody. Yeah, And it's common for people to go through a few therapists to find the right ones that work for their needs.
2: Yeah, and it's also one of the things, one of the advantages that we offer is that we've coached so many therapists. So where you may have one therapist that has one particular style, we could we probably have about eight or nine. Uh, we're pretty mm-hmm. versed in this. And we're pretty educated with this. And plus you get two, uh, two people. You're seeing a couple for a couple's therapy that are both clinically, I mean, we're clinically sound. So we
0: change. You know, <laughs> 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 to the membrane.
2: We tried <laughs> to We had a mentor that was really great about this. He's like, "Hey, we can communicate a certain way, and during our team meetings. But when you go out of this room, if you don't know how to, you, you, you don't know how to communicate to be heard. Well, then you're not doing your job. And that's something that we did find over time working with so many clinical professionals is that we had many people that just didn't, they didn't make sense. I'd say it makes sense to me, but it doesn't make sense to the general public. Actually, the first thing, I had to come talk to your grad school class when, right before you graduated, and I told mm-hmm. your class, I said, all of you suck, and uh, all of you suck, and you just know enough to hurt each other. And the <laughs> class would get pissed, and I do that at universities, would fly me out talk to them, and I would just actually say that. I'd say, you don't know how to communicate effectively to a client yet. It's bedside manner. You can look at it different ways. You have to communicate to be heard and to help this individual you've got to find a style to be able to do that. That's something we do
0: well.
1: Well, that's awesome. And I think that's going to wrap it up. Wait, for I today. had one question. Oh, Jesus.
0: Oh. Do you guys just do it together as a couple or do you do separate um, bookings as well for therapy?
3: We do that as well. It really just depends on the couple's need and the individual's needs. Okay. Um, we have relatively different styles mm-hmm. um, with our approach with clients and Combining those two styles are really helpful Yeah, uh, because one of us will go through the deeper parts of the experiences and another person will pretty much tell them, okay, this is what happens next. This is what happens next so that they're always, like, they're always moving forward as well as discussing the past.
2: Because we've noticed it's a waste of time if you don't know. Like, Arian will get into experiential therapy. I'll do cognitive behavioral therapy. We're both versed in both. But what we do is, uh, when, they, when you talk to Arian about deeper feelings, I want to make sure you know how to express your feelings. Like, a guy that comes in and says he has an anger problem. Well, you don't a freaking, I've never met a guy with an anger problem in 20 years. Uh, I met guys with disappointment problems that show it like anger. Yes. You know I mean? But really, what they are is sad. So we need to show you how sad you are, and, and show you to attach to that emotion before we start talking about the. Uh, we got to show you what the difference between primary and secondary emotions are before we start expressing how we feel.
3: And it's like some couples will, when when we meet with them individually, will request one of us at a time, and some will request request both of us at a time.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and we'll sometimes spend fifteen minutes together and then we'll just back out. We determine what the what the couple needs. And that's one thing we tell the couples because we've fired we've fired couples over the years, we've fired clients over the years, um, because we feel like we know what we're doing. And you wouldn't go to your doctor at your hospital and if you have broken arm and say, Hey, look, I need you to put six stitches here and do this and do that. We don't expect you to tell us what to do either. We want to know what your goals are mm-hmm. and we want you to trust us as clinical professionals to help you with your goals. Mm-hmm. So, and that can be difficult. But it usually works out for the best.
0: I love it.
1: That's awesome. So great. Well, I'm sorry we have to wrap up this show, but thank you guys so much for joining us. Thank um, you. I will give you. I will give you the next minute and a half. Uh, I think maybe around that time to um, where. How can people get a hold of you? Where's all your stuff? What do we do? Plug your plug your shit.
3: All right. Uh, our website is sexbecause.com. To schedule an appointment with us, you go to our website, our, our website, uh sexbecause.com backslash bookings. We are also on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all with what is that backslash sexbecause? Sexbecause, yes. So. <laughs> We've also
2: got Edo Planner. We've got Edo and we're also mm-hmm. an affiliates with High Massager too as well. We represent those guys, and all those things tie together for emotional health. So we can, you know, if you want to contact us and us tell you how mm-hmm. they work, we will. Um, but that's the the big thing. Our events are are meant for people that value consent, and people that value a good time together. So you're able. We're also we're we're able to see you in person at some of these events. If you do run into issues, we do see people on, on an individual or couples basis at events at EvilPlanner.com. What's hey, your boss? next
0: event? Oh, go ahead. What's that
3: when,
2: when
3: is the next event? Next July. event is
2: July. The week that was it, nineteenth, <coughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, when you guys are actually going to be at Naughty. I know. Oh. We'll miss you guys though. We'll see y'all in October, and then we have a bunch of takeover events next year that are that are great for everyone that's into EDM, to that's into kink, then the YSW events. Chakras. Chakras. <laughs> because we have a lot of Indian friends that said, "Hey, look, these things aren't deep enough. We want some more yoga. We want some more of this." And you know, we facilitated Bollywood. You know, you got excited about that.
0: Oh, yeah, big time. Guided meditations. That's what I want. Oh it's
2: going to be freaking amazing. <laughs> you guys are going to be at each and every one, too. Uh, if you didn't know, we're letting you know. Uh, so friend, our, our listeners know now. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Yay!
2: Yay! We're taking you off the mark. No, no comment. <laughs> Alrighty.
1: Well, again, thank you guys so much for taking the time to be on our show. Again, contact these two fucking amazing people. If you guys are looking for any sort of assistance or help or anything, but again, thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule. I know you guys probably have another something in like nine minutes, but
2: <laughs> you actually, weirdly you said nine
1: minutes. You're looking. <laughs> so we've got to wrap it up here. Um, again, thank you guys for listening to the end of our show. Thank you. Hashtag Sue crew. Uh, what is it? Thank you. Hashtag up. Okay. I can't Wrap remember which up. one it is. You're rambling. You're rambling. Anyways, all right. We're going to be live next week, Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. And until then, keep it sexy.
5: Thank you for tuning into the show. If you enjoyed the sexy show, you can find more at sexuninterrupted.com. Don't forget that you can also follow us on Twitter at SXUninterrupted, Instagram at sex.uninterrupted, Facebook, and YouTube. If you want to directly support what we do, please check out patreon.com slash sexuninterrupted today and join our community. We'll see you here next Monday at 5 p.m. on the West Coast and 8 p.m. on the East Coast on the Sexy Lifestyle Network.